Amen. Our, our text will direct us to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to read verse number 20. And I'm sure you are familiar with the verse. You will readily uh, perhaps uh, have remembered hearing it. Perhaps you were even able to quote it. But I want your attention drawn to it for just a few moments this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 20 simply says, For you are bought with a price. Everybody say that with me. For you are bought with a price. For you are bought with a price. Therefore. Everybody say therefore. There is an obligation upon you and I. Because of what has been stated. Therefore. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And somebody said, Amen. You are bought with a price. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28. Paul again reminding us of what he wrote to the Corinthians Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 simply said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. And everybody said amen. He purchased it with his own blood. First Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 said, For as much as ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hallelujah. But He hath redeemed us with His precious blood. Everybody say precious blood. Come on, say it again. Precious blood. Precious blood. Paul said you are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We live in a world that is ever conscious of the value of a dollar. In a consumer-driven market and in a cost-conscious world, all of us want our money's worth. Amen. All of us want our money's worth. We want what we paid for. Amen. Now you can call it pride or just a matter of principle, but none of us want to be shortchanged. As a matter of fact, some of us would agree and perhaps all of us would agree that that is simply unacceptable. If we pay a price, we expect to get something in return that is equivalent to our price that we paid. 
There is nothing that infuriates or frustrates us like being taken or being cheated or being duped or being slighted in some way. From food to furniture, government to gasoline, education to ease, all of us want what we pay for. Amen. All of us want what we paid for. I looked it up and I was surprised. I googled it, just the statement, to get what you paid for. And there were 6.8 billion hits on that one phrase of getting what you paid for. You can scan through the pages and you'll find everything mentioned imaginable because all of us want what we paid for. The idea of being slighted or scammed, shortchanged or cheated, sends most of us over the edge. There's nothing that will get somebody's fur riled just like them being cheated in some way. When you open a package of chips and you find that there's only two or three and the rest is air, you want to go back to the register and say, come on, give me what I paid for. When you come out of the store and you realize that you didn't put into your bag what you paid for, you go back in and you demand to get what you paid for. You see, we not only want what we paid for, we expect it and furthermore we demand it. If you thought that you were being cheated this morning, there would be outrage that would come over every one of us and we would be outright angry at what we have been treated or how we have been treated. And there might even be a few sharp words exchanged at the thought that we had been swindled because we want what we pay for. Somebody said, Amen. Don't you want what you paid for? Anybody here like being cheated? Anybody like being shortchanged? Anybody here like somebody selling you a bill of goods? Anybody here like to buy a vehicle and find out when you got home that it was nothing but a bucket of bolts and you were taken? None of us because we want what we paid for. I said we want what we paid for. And you know, despite our great aversion to being sold short ourselves, have we ever stopped to consider that we may be doing just that to the Lord? What do you mean, Brother Hughes? I mean this. God paid a price for you and I. And what a price He paid for our salvation and our service. And the question this morning is, and the title of my message is simply this. Brother Steve, thank you for the inspiration this week. Is God getting what He paid for from your life? Is God getting what He paid for from your life. Our text declares that we were bought with a price. And oh, what a price it was. God's greatest creation, foiled by sin, needed redemption. 
death came not only to his life, but also to his relationship. The price of sin was high. And it is always that way. Sin extracts a high dividend. Separation came into the world and loss and fear and aloneness and ultimately death came because of sin. What a price to pay for a moment of pleasure and what a price to pay for one time of doing what you wanted to do. But hear me this morning, though the price of sin may be high, the cost of recovery is even higher. The cost of recovery is even greater. Another world would not do. He could have easily created another world. Another garden would not do. Another star, another moon, whether it was made of the purest gold, would not do. Nothing less than life would do to regain life that was lost And so God did it. He paid the ultimate price to buy back what had been lost, what had been stolen, and what had been taken through sin. Had one world been given for your salvation, the price would have been a large one. But the universe would not have been great enough The sum would not have been great enough to equal the sum of what he paid for our salvation. One single life offered for you would have been vast. What a sacrifice for one to give their life for you. But not just any life was given. The life, the way, the truth was given that we might be ransomed from our sin. Listen again at how Peter described it. You are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Think again with me this morning of the price of your and my salvation. The cost of our redemption was immense. Silver and gold could not do it. God could have given sons of gold and stars of silver and constellation of rubies and diamonds, but none of those would have been sufficient to pay the price for sin and the lost relationship that sin had ensued. The Creator could not give things. He had to give life, not His gifts, but Himself before He could redeem us. And that is exactly what He did. He said it was with the precious blood of Christ that He redeemed us. The blood of Jesus is precious because of the dignity of His nature and because of the perfectness of His character. He was without blemish. That means without personal sin. He was without spot. That means not defiled by contact with the world. And thus it was adequate. It was sufficient for the work of cleansing away the terrible aggregate of sin upon humanity. 
Oh, my friend, precious is not a good enough word to put together with blood. But that's how Peter defined it. Precious blood. How can you and I ever estimate its value? The more we know about it, the more it rises in importance, in value. The more I understand what the blood of Jesus has done for my life, the more I say thank God. God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. As great as creation was, redemption is truly a greater mercy than creation. It is no dishonorable blessing to have been made and to have not only been made, but to have been made a man and not a dog or an animal. To have been blessed with intellect And to have been blessed with an immortal spirit. It is much to have been created. It is much to have been formed, not spoken. It was much to have been endowed with life. As the world is full of a life that is marvelous with possibilities and hopes. It is much to have a soul. It is much to have a spirit. It is much to have the ability to call up the past or to interrogate the present, or to look to the future. But you hear me this morning, that's nothing to compare with being redeemed. That's nothing to compare with being bought back. That's nothing compared to the price of salvation. Listen to it again. The Bible said that we were not purchased with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we were bought with the precious blood of Christ. We were bought with a price. Two words, bought and price. The word bought indicates something of value. Nobody buys something that is not important to them. Nobody spends money on something that is of no value to them. Whatever you buy, you buy because you value it. And more than that, you buy it because you want it. And that's how God described what he did for me. He said, I bought you. I want you. I value you. You are important to me. So important that no matter what kind of sin you have committed, I have committed myself to redeeming you from that sin. Hallelujah. Bought with a price. Price indicates the greatness of the cost. It is probably the most momentous fact about any of us that we have been redeemed. Redeemed as Israel from bondage out of Egypt. Redeemed as a slave from his master. Freed from captivity into freedom and liberty. How marvelous are the variety and the, and the character of the effects of the blood of Jesus Christ. When you read the Bible, you will discover that it brings Jehovah from the secret place with the light of love in his countenance. It arrests the course of the law in its pursuit of the sinner. His blood restores access to God. It 
It cleanses me. It justifies me. It redeems me unto God. Never has any blood been shed like His blood. And never has there been any blood like the blood of Jesus. His blood is going to help me overcome condemnation. And it drives away wrath and curse. The blood will ward off all harm from those who trust in it. And it will not suffer Satan or death to destroy any who are sheltered beneath its covering. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. What a price to pay. What a price to pay for my salvation. The blood of Christ is omnipotent. It prevails over guilt and fear and care. It casts down pride. It casts out reigning terror. And it brings happiness and holiness and hope into the heart of man. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins and not ours only but also for the sins of the whole world and hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandment but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than of Abel for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these and they sang a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God
God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hath made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth That's not all, friend. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, And without God in the world. But now. Everybody say but now. But now. In Jesus Christ. You who sometimes were far off. Are made nigh. By the blood of Christ. For it pleased the Father. That in Him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross. By Him He reconciled all things unto himself hear me this morning Uh, there's something about the blood of Jesus uh, that is greater than any of us can understand or comprehend and it is that blood that was shed as a price for my life and for yours that I want to talk to you about this morning and my question is is God getting from you what he paid for Is God getting what he paid for? And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God hath set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. For when we were yet without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, say it with me, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, listen to me this morning, church. Somebody needs to wake up and realize what was paid for your life and ask yourself this simple question. Is God getting from my life what he paid for? Is he getting what he paid for? Ah. <sighs> Of how much sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing 
and hath done despite unto the Spirit of God. Isaiah said, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and was, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, for we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chest, are you listening to what I'm saying to you right now? He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he smitten and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he hath done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I want to tell you how perfect the blood of Jesus Christ is. Listen to what he said in Hebrews. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, speaking of Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever. Did you get that? One sacrifice for sin forever. One sacrifice for sin forever. Set down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, listen at how powerful his blood is. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. One offering. Hallelujah. This sacrifice can never be improved on and it can never be duplicated. Who can comprehend the value of such a ransom? Jesus Christ did not purchase us with a price when we were innocent and deserving. He purchased us when we were at our worst. Ah, yes. The rejection of divine authority, the contempt of divine majesty, the impeachment of divine wisdom, and the abuse of divine goodness. And yet he still went to Calvary. To purchase my salvation. Listen to me this morning church. He paid too high a price. For some of us to be living the way we're living. Did you hear me? I said he paid too high a price. For some of us to be living the way we are living. He did too much for me to be slouching around, lollygagging through life as if it doesn't matter. Folks, it does matter. It does matter how you live. And my question this morning to you is, is God getting what He paid for? 
He did it for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. And He did it for every kind of sin. Is God getting what He paid for? How is it that after all He has done, many of us still struggle with commitment? We still struggle with that simple, yes, Lord, when He's done all that He has done. My question again to you this morning, is God getting what He paid for? How can I not give Him my very best after all that He has done? The height of ingratitude and disrespect is when I use my body or my spirit for some corruptible thing. There is nothing that is more dishonoring to God than me not to surrender to Him, not to say yes to Him. How can you and I, after His purchase, how can you and I, after such a price, ever question His right to our lives? My question again is, is God getting what, you paid, what He paid for? Amen. Should we still be bound by sin? Should we still be struggling with sin when He has paid a price to redeem us from sin? Should we still be struggling with all of the vices of carnality when He has paid such a price? To purchase my salvation and put me into a right relationship with Him. Oh, the amazing worth of the soul of a man that it would draw heaven's best. Amen. You are bought with a price. Therefore, everybody say therefore. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. He said, glorify God in your body. He has not bought this body of mine so that I could drag it through the immorality of this world. He has not bought this body of mine so I could put drugs or alcohol or fill it with filth from this world. He didn't purchase my body for that. He didn't purchase my mind so it would be drugged through the vile recesses of this world. He didn't purchase my mind so that I could drag it through the mire of all of the filth that goes on around us. He didn't purchase my soul so that my manhood would be violated or your womanhood would be compromised. He purchased me so that I would give Him my life. And in giving Him my life, I would know the truest life of all. Is God getting what He paid for? He isn't if you're living selfishly. He isn't if you're living selfishly. If all you're concerned about is you and yours, me and mine, God's not getting what He paid for. If all you're concerned about is your little inch of pew or your little circle of world or your little circle of life and that's all that matters to you, God is not getting what He paid for. If you are bitter this morning and you are living bitterly in life, God is not getting what He paid for because He paid a price to free me from bitterness. 
Is God getting what He paid for in your life? He is not getting what He paid for if I live worldly. If I am more concerned with what people outside think of me than I am those on the inside. Or more than that, than I am what He thinks of me. You know, we've come to a place in life where we can fool each other and we can fool the preacher. And as long as we can fool each other and fool the preacher, we think everything's okay, but nobody fools God. Nobody. My question to you this morning is, God getting what He paid for? If you live narrowly, if you live selfishly, if you live worldly, if you live bitterly, God is not getting what He paid for. Some are going to have a hard time explaining to God why they lived the way they did. When they knew better, when they heard what you've heard this morning, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. The God of glory came into the marketplace of life and He purchased back that which had been lost. He did all of that to save us. Save me, save you, to rescue us, to give us a way out. You and I need to give him what he paid for. We really do. We need to give him what he paid for. I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to take an inventory of your own spiritual life. In light of the blood of Calvary, in light of the mercy and the grace and the goodness and the long-suffering and the patience and the tenderness and the love of God that has been shed abroad in your heart. All of the things that God has done to preserve you. Are you really giving Him what He deserves? Are you giving Him what He paid for? Is there some area of your life that it would do you well to bring to the foot of the cross and say, Lord, I surrender this to you today. You deserve better than this. You deserve more than this. You've paid too high a price for me to be living bitterly or angrily or jealously or hatefully. You paid too high a price for me to go through life wasting my talents and wasting my abilities and wasting my gifts and wasting my life on things that will not matter. Things that will be dissolved in a moment. The earth shall melt with a fervent heat. Everything therein shall be consumed. God, you deserve better than that. You deserve more than you deserve more than my laziness and my lackadaisical attitude. You deserve more than me come dragging myself in and plopping down on a pew and waiting to be fed or waiting. God, you've done too much for me to be that way. God, you've saved me from too many things for me to be selfish in that regard. You've, you've gotten me out of too many tight places. You've seen me through too many difficult times, God. 
Surely I should stand to my feet today and lift my hands and declare that you are the Lord of my life. Surely I should not be ashamed of stepping out of a pew, Lord, and saying, Lord, I live my life for you. I live my life unto you because of all that you have done for my life. I come again today to submit myself to you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I want to give you what you paid for. I want to give you everything that you paid for. I want to give you my heart, my all, the secret things of my life. Those things, Lord, that I've not been willing to let go of, that I keep hanging on to. Those are the things that I want to bring to you this morning because you deserve better than that from me. You deserve more than that from me. You deserve a whole lot more than I have given. So today we come to the close of another service and we come to another altar time, Lord. I wonder who will rise this morning and say, you know what, God? You deserve my very best and I'm going to come and reconsecrate that best to you today. I wonder today, Lord, how many will rise in this congregation without even an altar call made and say, God, you deserve more than that. I, I've been slipping up. I, I've been slipping around. I've been playing church. I've been hiding behind my facade. I've been playing like I'm all right when really there's nothing right in me. And I need to make it right today, God. And so I come again to your altar and I humble myself before your mighty hand. And I say, God, make me again. Use me. Lord, don't, don't let me waste my life. Help me, Lord, not to squander what you have given to me. Help me, God, not to waste what you have put into me. Don't let me trample under my feet your precious blood. Don't let me count it as nothing today, God. Don't let me disregard it as nothing of significance. Lord, let me again fall in love with the preciousness, the blood of Jesus, the precious blood that purchased, the precious blood that paid the ultimate price. Let me offer again my thanks to you, God, for all that you have done and reconsecrate myself to you this morning that I am going to give you my very best. I'm going to give you my all today. I'm going to crawl on that altar this morning and say, God, here I am. Here I am, Lord. I may not be much, but this is all that I am, and I give it to you again. I reconsecrate my life to you. I rededicate my heart to you. I give myself, Lord. I give myself to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.